Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Today, on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Welcome to Executive Presence Morsels Facilitation Week. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite and for a lot of facilitators, terrifying topics when it comes to facilitation. Do you know what I'm going about to say? Q&A, right? We're going to talk about the hard truth about not getting any questions during Q&A, right? We've all experienced this, right? Someone gives a presentation, blah, 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 wah, 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 like Charlie Brown. They get to the end of the presentation. So, does anyone have any questions? Right? Crickets. I don't have any sound effects in this episode, but if I did, it'd be crickets. Right? Um, and it's super uncomfortable. And then maybe you have like, oh, okay, so I guess there's no questions. Thank you very much. And then you sign off. Not really a glowing endorsement of your presentation when there are absolutely no questions, especially when a question and answer period is baked in because people assume, the organizers assume that people are going to want to have questions and you're there and they have you, so why wouldn't they ask you questions, right? It's not a ringing endorsement of your performance when there are absolutely no questions. So we're going to talk about why that might be, why, um, you know, sort of falsehoods about why you think that might be, but that's definitely not the reason, and the actual reason this happens and what you can do um, to not have this happen to you. So, some reasons why it doesn't happen. Um, maybe I want to think this uh, because it makes me feel better about myself and my, you know, kind of delicate male ego uh, cannot stand the bruising. So I may think to myself, well, it's because I was so great and I explained everything. Not true, right? Uh, I may think, well, it's because people are scared of me because I'm so intimidating. Well, uh, while that may be partially true, that's not really, you know, the real reason um, either. So people may be scared of you a little bit, but that's typically not the full reason why people are not asking you the question. So you may be asking me, Joe, you're telling me all the reasons why not. What is the actual reason why, uh, you know, people uh, might, you know, ask questions? And and I'll give it to you in, in the negative. The reason why... People are not going to ask questions. It's because the juice is not worth the squeeze, right? The juice is not worth the squeeze, right? So the reward of asking the question is not worth the the pain of um, asking the question, the squeeze, the embarrassment, the fear, uh, the the lack of confidence with public speaking or embarrassing yourself or stuttering or just not caring, right? Like, why would I squeeze? I don't care, right? The, the juice is no good. So what do I mean by the juice, right? So by juice, I mean like, what is the benefit they perceive they're going to get? You can be the best speaker in the world, but if people don't feel engaged, if they don't feel connected to you, that you're going to have some insights that are going to be helpful to them, even if they respect you and think you're really smart, but you've bored the heck out of them for the last hour, like brilliantly, they're not going to bother asking you a question to, you know, to prolong the boredom for you and the other people. Now, here's the key. The key is you can't really change the squeeze, right? You can't change except maybe around the edges, how comfortable people will be 
asking things, right? You can ask them directly, right? You can sort of intimidate them or um, you can plant people and encourage them and bribe them to ask a question. You can do that. But I'm talking about like organic, like people really volunteering to ask a question because, geez, they really want to ask you a question. You can't really change the squeeze and, and, and you can just pray and hope that, you know, your audience is really rambunctious and brave and loves to speak and ask questions. And then that's just luck. So you haven't done anything to deserve that. You've just gotten lucky. So if you can't change the squeeze, what can you change? Well, you can change the juice. You can make the juice so much juicier. <laughs> and what do I mean by juice? What I mean is the juice around the engagement, the value that you've given them during this time period will, will very directly correlate with the value they believe they would get from asking you a question during Q&A. So by the time you get to Q&A, it is too late to change the juice. Unless you do something really gimmicky and say, well, the first three people to ask questions, we're going to give them a Mercedes Benz or a free uh, parking pass for six months. You know, Really, that's kind of shameful if you have to do that, right? What it's already too late. So if you haven't engaged people, if you haven't sort of through your facilitation and through your presentation convinced them that asking a question will result in even more goodness, then you're going to have a problem and you can expect crickets or you can expect formal, formalized, forced, compliant questions, but not the really organic, inquisitive, brilliant questions that will lead you maybe um, as a facilitator or someone responding to the questions to um, to uh, learn something from that. Now, we are talking about facilitation, so maybe you aren't the person who's getting asked the Q&A. What can you do as a facilitator to make sure you have a great Q&A when you're not the speaker? Um, really easy. You can work with your presenter. You can understand their presentation. You can hear their presentation. You can get a sense for what they're like and kind of, you know, gently around the edges, mold them to not change what they're saying, but maybe um, shift it in a way to guarantee maximum juice, maximum engagement. So uh, when you get to Q&A, you don't have to have any awkward workarounds as a facilitator, and people will just organically want to ask them a ton of questions. So ask yourself um, today, uh, for, you know, anything you do in, in the next few days or during the next week, what can you do to make the juice more worth the squeeze? So whether it's a, a facilitation, whether it's participation in a project, how can you get people engaged ahead of time so they volunteer, so they're clamoring, they're climbing over each other to do the thing that you would like them to do rather than trying to force people uh, to volunteer or commanding them to do it, which typically doesn't get the best motivation and the best results. Well, thanks for listening to Executive Presence Morsels. This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsors. The truth is, it's not easy coming up with content for a daily podcast like Executive Presence Morsels. 
One way I keep things fresh is by constantly learning from others. An easy and convenient way to do this is through audiobooks, and the Rolls-Royce of audiobooks is Audible. Today, our listeners can try a free 30-day trial of Audible Premium Plus, which gives you credits for up to two premium titles of your choosing, access to the Audible Plus catalog of podcasts, audiobooks, guided wellness, and Audible Originals. It's a buffet and no credits needed. And a friendly email reminder before your trial ends. Go to www.connectioncounselor.com slash bookme to sign up. And while you're there, check out my latest book reviews. Thank you for supporting our show. Hello, and welcome to the final episode in Executive Presence Morsels Facilitation Week. I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and today we're going to talk about the importance of having a direction. So what do I mean by having a direction when it comes to facilitation, especially when, as a facilitator, typically you're not the one there to shine. Sure, you can be brilliant, you can be charming, like a host of, you know, um, some award show, um, hopefully you don't get slapped, um, like Chris Rock, but uh, when you're facilitating, you do need to have a direction, even though other people may be the main speakers, because it's your responsibility as a facilitator. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you again. Join us next time for another tasty Executive Presence morsel. Thank you.